Hi, this is Sugandhi Ayer for the Good Fortune Show. Welcome back. How are you doing, good fortuners? <laughs> Should we just call ourselves good fortuners? Is that even a term? Okay, so we are going to call ourselves good fortuners. People who attract good fortune naturally. So basically, we're attaining, shall I call it a state of being, where we just naturally attract good fortune to us, and then we declare it to be so, or we declare it to be so, and so we attract it. Either way. It either happens first, and then we declare, oh, you know what? I'm a good fortuner. I attract good fortune easily to me. I attract great fortune easily to me. <laughs> good fortune. Or we make a declaration, an affirmation, and then we become that. Either way, we're all slated to become good fortunists. So either we are already, or we're going to become very, very soon. Obviously, I will go with the statement, I already attract good fortune to me. I already attract good fortune to me. And then it becomes so. You are making a statement about yourself. You are making a statement about your beingness, who you are. And you know, everything in the world happens because of who we are. We are walking, talking business cards. <laughs> we are busy making statements about who we are all the time. And I don't know if you've watched certain Indian movies. See, India is a place where, and I know this is not politically correct, and I'm just going to go ahead with it anyway. I hope you understand it in the best way possible. India is a place where people are openly declaring who they are. And they are also saying things like, I'm better than that person. <laughs> That's just how it is. We are not politically correct in this country. And it's been like this for thousands and thousands of years. And, you know, you've heard of the caste-based structure in India. Now, I'm not going to say this is right or wrong. So we're not talking about the rightness or wrongness of certain practices. We're not going into that. We're just talking about the practice itself. And this whole caste-based thing comes about where did it come from? It came from segregation of work. So some people did this work and some people did that work and then some people did that work and some people did that work. So you had the priests and the people who are super educated on top and then you had the business people. They took care of all the business. Then you had the laborers and then you had another structure below that where they were not considered to be very clean. So again, we're not talking about the rightness or the wrongness of this. We're just saying this is how it was. And in that, people had a sense of who they are. Everybody who 
knew who they were. Now, again, we're not saying if it's right or wrong. We're just saying people had a sense of identity. Identity. So let's say that the priests and the super educated people who had connections to God, who were directly connected to God, and so you had to go through them, correct? Let's say that they thought they were the best because they had certain practices and ways of living. But then take the next segment, which is the rulers of the country and the warriors. Oh, yeah, you had the priests, and then you had the warriors, then you had the business people, then you had the laborers. So that's how it was. And it still is, actually. <laughs> but where the warriors were concerned, even though in the whole pyramid, they were considered lower, right, than, say, a priest or someone super educated. So let's say there was considered lower however guess what they considered themselves to be the best why because they thought they defended the country they thought they took care of the security of the people and so they thought they were the protectors not saying they're right or wrong we're just saying how it was and then the next level the business people now, they amongst themselves had great pride. So even though they were third in the level, like lower down, but even if they were lower down in the actual structure, correct? But they thought they were the best. How? Because they thought they're taking care of the finance. Finances, business angles, if they were not there, money would not be there. You know, all the business, trading, everything, they took care of it, the economy, part of it. So they considered themselves the best. And then you had the laborers. And obviously the laborers are the people who actually got in there, got their hands dirty and constructed things, made things happen. So now if you go amongst that in the actual hierarchy of things they're the low you know they're a little at the bottom however they thought they were the best because if they did not do anything things are not going to happen correct nothing is going to happen you can't have a road constructed you can't have a building constructed and i think farmers were included in that you're talking of the laborers and if they don't move how's how is things going to happen how are things going to be produced correct so they thought they were the best so everybody had a sense of who they are now whether between themselves they had like look i'm the best you're the best no you're lower than me you're higher than me but the fact is each person knew who they were and again i'm not defending this but having a sense of identity of who you are really really helps and if you think you're the best because without you, nothing's going to move. If the laborers don't work, nothing's going to move. If the business people don't work, well, the finances, <laughs> well, someone has to do business. And if the warriors, the protectors of the country are not going to work, then there you go. And if the priests and the educated don't work, then there you go. So 
having a sense of identity of who you are and then from that thing you know i attract good fortune i am a good fortune i spread good fortune i hold good fortune i am the best because what i do is super important and without me everything is going to collapse i single handedly hold up society i single handedly make things happen it's because of me that everything happens i am responsible for the well-being of everyone i attract good fortune and in my energy so it is everybody attract good fortune and i attract good fortune for my family everybody is happy everybody is safe so having a sense of belief in oneself having a sense of feeling good and not from not from arrogance it may seem like there's a touch of arrogance to this but a person who's who is founded in truth would would know the truth of how amazing he or she is it comes from just a sense of knowing oh my god i am so important oh my god the gods and goddesses want me to prosper they want me to do well i have their full-fledged support and when that happens it's an amazing space to be to know that god and god supports you to know that because god supports you you're going to be placed in good fortune because you need to attract good fortune i think i spoke about this in one of the earlier shows where i said god made the world and he made it to succeed he made it to be in a good condition he made it to be in abundance he made it so that his people are happy so that his creatures are happy that includes animals and other creatures so god made this world so that people could enjoy material life and succeed and be happy and in abundance see all of this comes under good fortune label the topic of good fortune why would god make a world if he wants it to fail why would god do that even in the ancient story where the noah's ark was concerned god wanted people to succeed and so if we go with the mythology and we say the noah's ark story is true or at the very least the principle behind it is true then it means that god did have a plan for survival god did want to continue survival he was not bent on destruction he wanted people to survive 
And that means he wants you to survive. That means he wants you to be in good fortune. And this, this belief, if it's your basic foundation, God wants me to succeed. God wants me to succeed. I have his full-fledged support to succeed. And succeed in a good way. In again, as I've mentioned, God is whatever or whoever you think he or she is. I'm just saying for the sake of convenience, God as a personality and God as a he, but basically it is or God is whatever you think him or her to be. That's your belief system, which I will not invade. Either way, it's going to work. Either way, it's going to work. And why would it work? Because you're giving it power with your faith. Faith gives God power. Not that God needs it to be powerful. But I think it's where... The more we believe in something, the more it's going to work for us. And that is the basic principle behind the temples that are constructed, the churches that are constructed, because we believe that in that construction, God would reside and show himself to be present. It's also a place where we can focus on God because the external world is having so many distractions, correct? So to have a place, even an altar in your home, a room dedicated to God, you can go in that room and be connected to God's presence. It's an immediate connection because in that room, it is intended that God resides. And outside world should not interfere in that room. And so when we go to a special place where God is supposed to be, using the word supposed to be, when we go to that place, we are basically stepping into an alternate world, leaving external world behind. All the distractions. All the interruptions and all the, what we say, um, all of the life happenings, everything that contributes to making our life, that is what we leave behind. And by entering the special place, the altar, the church, the temple, the mosque, whatever place of worship that we have, we leave the happenings of the world behind us. We enter the space where God is supposed to reside, even though God exists everywhere, of course. But in this particular room, we are not allowing the external world to enter, and we go there, we connect directly to God, and we ask what we want. 
And there it ties back to the law of attraction and Abraham's book. Ask and it is given. Ask and it is given. So basically you ask and then you allow it to happen. Why does it happen? Because you ask. And that's why it happens. So if God is the father, then when you ask your father, he's supposed to give you. Well, <laughs> sorry, but that's how I've been brought up. I ask and it is given. <laughs> Home, dad, mom, I want this and it's given. I have a very different thing. What I do is my own income, obviously, I am very sharing of it in the sense I share with my family. Not that they need it, but that's my affection. But then I have a very, very firm line drawn where things that come to me from my parents, I continue to allow it to come. I do not allow my independence or my Ability to make money to interfere with that. Why? Because that is how I was brought up. They took care of me. And so they still take care of me. And that gives you the feeling of God. God takes care of us. Parents are there. God's representatives, right? They take care of us. So there's a whole bit of allowing. Allowing people to take care of us. Allowing God to take care of us. And then we're in the place of receiving. So we ask, we get aligned, and then we receive. And it's a very simple formula. Now, what is the difference in between is the alignment itself. How do we align? Because a lot of people ask and then don't believe it's going to happen. They've seen disappointments for so long. It's hard for the belief system to understand that, oh my God, if I ask, it will be given. If I ask, it will be given. Ah, how do you do it? W-I-L-L in caps, in capitals. It will be given. Stressing on will. So, people's work is cut out to getting aligned. Because if somebody's not aligned with the receiving and the belief system is working against them, they particularly, they just happen to put up energy walls. And then, boom, it's being given. And it's always given in the form of energy, which converts to physical. But if walls exist, that cannot come through. And so in the Joyful Manifestation Show, we talk about methods and how to do it. And Good Fortune Show, we are directly connecting to Good Fortune itself. So that's why I highly recommend that people get the book Joyful Manifestation because it's the alignment. It is the alignment that is an issue with people where they kind of don't understand that, oh, my God, it is. My job is to get aligned to the actual happening of the situation. My job is to get aligned to the actual happening of the situation. 
because otherwise it is anyway going to come in but the energy walls of the belief system is what is blocking it out and so the job for any person is to allow it to come in and the alignment process is explained really well in the book joyful manifestation where i divided the the process not into three steps but it's in 10 steps actually with great explanations on how to make it happen so joyful manifestation helps you get aligned to allowing it to come in and that's what is the difference between a simple three-step process and the 10-step process given in joyful manifestation where a person is shown how to align himself. But going further into the Good Fortune show itself, to align yourself to good fortune, to align yourself to the fact that God wants you to survive and to succeed. This space around you, the universe wants you to survive and succeed. Your inner being wants to survive and succeed and to enjoy everything. And to enjoy everything that is given to it. So that is the process of getting into good fortune and we can go into more affirmations. We will take a short break, instrumental music, and we will come back soon. So don't go anywhere, hold on tight.
for the good fortune show. We're into feeling good fortune and to being people who are good fortuners. A lot of people who are bloggers, a lot of people are into social media, a lot of people have a lot of habits. And they say, okay, you know what, let's do this, let's do that, let's collect stamps, let's um, fight for causes. Let's make ourselves into an instrument that fights for causes. And so they go ahead and they become that person. And then you see them, correct? They're fighting for a particular cause that they believe in, that they represent, that they support. And so that's how they do it. They become someone. They become the person that believes in a particular cause, and then they become instruments for that cause. But what if you were a good fortuner instead? What if you were somebody who supports good fortune? And who supports good fortune for yourself? That too is a statement. And it can actually be better than all other statements. And if you make that your cause, your personal cause, to be a good fortunate, to be a joyful manifester, you too are then having a path to follow. And it does not have to be related to a cause that is arising from lack. So a lot of causes arise from the state of lack, from recognizing that something is not there, and hence we need to fight so that we can make it happen or we can get it for ourselves. And I'm sure a lot of people who listen to the show would say, oh, but Sugandhi, are you saying people should not fight causes, should not support them? Are you saying that people should not even see that something is wrong and then try to write it, try to correct it? But you see, when someone recognizes that something is not there, they're already aligned to it not being there. Right? Freedom fighters, people like that. They're already aligned to the thought that there is no freedom. And then they fight for it. Years are spent in this fight. They become instruments of this cause. Whatever the cause is. But every cause arises from something not being there. It arises from lack and recognition of lack. So if somebody has to support a cause, they just have to support it, correct? It's in their makeup now. Support being a good fortuner. Support joyful manifestation. Because the basic foundation that joyful manifestation and good fortune are constructed on is not lack. It's abundance. So basically, in a nutshell, 
it's not in a nutshell actually, but I'm just trying to find the words here. Basically, it's like saying, oh, I'm a millionaire and I support my right to be a millionaire. <laughs> oh, I love cruises. I love going on cruises and I support my ability and enjoyment of cruises. So if someone has to support a cause, better to support a cause of having than not having. And having because one already has it. I am a good fortuner. I attract good fortune all the time. I am amazing at what I do. I attract love easily. My soulmate loves me. My soulmate shows me how much he loves me, how much she loves me. My soulmate is clamoring to show me how much he loves me. I attract good all the time. Let that be your cause. Because it is affirming the state of having. People talk about, oh, but then we're being selfish. Oh, how are we being selfish by being good fortunate? We're affirming the presence of abundance. We're affirming the presence of God. We're affirming that God loves us. We're affirming that his hand, his beautiful divine hand, is in everything. And if you believe God to just be a superpower or an energy of goodness and well-being, fine. Does not have to be a personality. Doesn't matter. If you just believe that God is a source of well-being, then we say the source of well-being supports us. We don't need to take God's name if you don't want to. I'm taking it because I'm aligned to the concept of God. But if you just say the source of well-being supports me. It wants me to do well in all situations. It in fact makes sure that all situations are good. And so you can just call it a source of well-being. If you don't want to call it God. The word God. You could say. G stands for generator. O stands for operator. D stands for destroyer. Generator is the creation aspect. Operate, operator is the maintenance and operation. Of this world and destroyer is where things are. Destroyed and renewed. Or destroyer of negativity. I prefer to go with that. So either way, God is a source of well-being and supports my existence. It's an affirmation. God supports my well-being. God supports the idea of me being enormously rich. 
God supports money. God supports my money. God supports my income. So basically, if there is a person, fictitious Jane, who does not have income, she should think that God supports her having good income. God of the world, God of the worlds, God of the universes, God of everything. And God pays me from his own bank of good fortune. So now everything goes beyond the hands of normal people. It's gone into another hand. Your creator. It's in his hands, her hands. And your maintenance is his job. It's his duty. It's his responsibility. It is his joy to make sure that you're fine, that the people you love are fine, that you are supported. In fact, if someone were to be lost in a desert, then what would happen? He wouldn't even be worried because God's going to supply him with water. Thunderbolt is going to make sure it rains. All that, he gets water to you in whatever manner. And if you know this song, Thunder God, by S-I-L-K, so you just Google Thunder God part one, artist Silk, S-I-L-K. It's about the story of a girl being lost in the desert and Thor finds her. The God of rain and thunder and everything finds her and saves her. So when we go into a special place where all of these divine happenings happen, then what happens is that we go beyond ordinary and regular life happenings. And we find that we live in a world of magic where miracles happen. And where wonders happen. And where we go beyond the negativity that mankind creates. We go beyond that. We go beyond their fights because of their fragile egos. And oh, I need to rule this country and I, uh, I need to rule that country and I need to fight for this and I need to fight for that. Oh, there are so many islands around. Why don't you go buy one, right? You have to fight. No, that is something that mankind chooses to do. And they continue to do it and do it and do it and then get stuck in the cycle, the vicious cycle. But they're not the pursuers of good fortune. But here on the show, we are. Here on the show, we are. And since we're joyful manifestors and since we're good fortuners, 
What happens is we make a declaration of ourselves, about ourselves. And when we make a declaration about ourselves, then we continue to fulfill the prophecy. If we have to do the self, what is the term self-fulfilling prophecy? Self-fulfilling prophecy. They say that, right? Why can't it be a good one? Why is that? Why does that have to be negative? We declare who we are, that we are good fortuners and joyful manifestors. Then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because it continues to fulfill itself. Because it's our words that are spoken into the air. And when we keep saying it again and again and again, then the room that we live in gets filled with this energy. And then these words continue to operate. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Let's use that, but for a good reason. I am a good fortune. I am a joyful manifestor. And what I declare happens because I represent the abundance aspect of God. I represent the source of all well-being. I represent the good vibrations that flow in this universe that I continue to attract by virtue of me flowing that energy because I flow that energy. Do you see what we're doing? We're affirming our way through the show today. We're affirming how fortunate we are. We're affirming that we're very fortunate to be taken care of by God. We're affirming we are very fortunate to be taken care of our, off by our family. We're affirming that good people are in our lives. We're affirming that we are well provided for. We're affirming that we are connected to the source of well-being. We affirm that we only look towards the source of well-being for our survival and nourishment and enjoyment. We affirm everything that's good in the world. And I know some people may say, okay, because I was just going to add, you know, just for the sake of adding, we reject everything that's negative. If you want to stand for a cause, stand up for that. There are people who would say, oh, but when you reject the negative, you're living in a false reality. But I'm saying that we create our reality. We create our reality. I'm not talking of the negative where we run out of milk and, oh my God, there's no milk to make coffee. No, we can go to the store and we can buy a carton of milk. 
we can buy a gallon of milk, organic milk, that too. We can do that. We can go to Whole Foods. We can do it. We can get the best milk. Because we haven't run out of the source of milk, nor have we run out of the ability to purchase milk. So we're not talking of, oh my God, I ran out of milk, and I ran out of vegetables. I need this to make this particular dish. We're not talking of that as negative. Yeah. That's just people who have not planned properly. <laughs> That's just people who haven't stocked their refrigerator, their closet, their provisions, grocery closets or whatever it is spaces, storerooms. We're talking of negativity where people do not have the ability to buy something or the product itself is not available. And we're not talking about where there is a very great item like a makeup, a special makeup product that somebody cannot buy in his country, but he has to order it, or it is available in Europe, or it's available in America, and they have to get it from him. I remember when I was growing up, not too long ago, <laughs> my father would get me dolls when he traveled abroad from America or London. Beautiful dolls. And I would name them Cinderella and Gloria and all these names and have little tea parties for them and celebrate their birthdays. And my mother would bake tiny cakes, <laughs> birthday cakes. And I would have my own tea party with them. Maybe invite a friend or two in the same age range. So for me, that is not lack. There were better dolls of better quality available in another country. And my father would bring them home. He would normally arrive post midnight. So I would be all awake and go inspect his suitcase to see what's all right. And then, you know, Mel inhale the suitcase because there would be a fantastic smell connected to him traveling abroad and coming back. Correct? So that is not lack. Maybe those particular dolls were not available in India at that point, correct? Or of that quality, but that's not lack because I ordered it. Well, my father would bring it and it would come from abroad. Special clothes, special chocolates, special dolls. And for my brother, cars, <laughs> tiny cars. So, that's not lack. That's still being in abundance where you are importing it. Now, of course, you know, people who want to fight causes would then say, why are you importing this? Why can't you be satisfied with what your country provides you and be secular and call me about it, you know, communist, and not have to order things from abroad and then it comes home and you just 
support your country and its local production. Well, I don't believe in that. I believe that a country should do well. I believe that a country should produce, but that's for the sake of the country itself. But for the sake of the individual, it's better to do what is needed for you to do in order for you to be in abundance. So if you have to order something from abroad, maybe a special perfume that you don't get locally, or it comes in certain markets only, so then get it for yourself. You don't have to support the cause of the country, which is going to try to make everybody buy things locally because they have to support the local industry. That's not good fortune. That's some kind of mechanism that countries adopt to make sure that their local economy does well. Well, I would say, why do you have to force people to buy what you produce? Why can't people buy what they want? You're talking legally. And why don't you improve your productivity and quality of service and product? No. That is something that a good fortune would do. That is to say, don't give in to false belief systems. Because if a country really wants to compete with another country's products, then it should up its productivity and up the quality of its products, not focus on stopping people from buying. So, a person who wants to support a cause should support the cause of good fortune, his own personal good fortune. I'm not talking of doing harm to others. I'm talking of supporting one's good fortune and making sure that one attracts abundance. And in fact, I have seen that by following this, then our energy contains those products and then the country itself starts to manufacture those products. There's some kind of a flow where our world superimposes on external reality because our desire and the energy that we flow is so strong. We want it. So God is going to make sure it is available to us easily. Either way, it's not a cause, but it's more like a side effect of our own desire. That people around us start to manufacture that because we want it. And we took the effort of getting it from abroad. So good fortune actually works in another way than what local people and government and countries think that it does. And it is the person who is very discerning, who can see that good fortune doesn't come by imposing rules and regulations and laws. Good fortune comes as a result of attraction of massive abundance and beauty. Beauty is very important also in the process of good fortune. Because a lot of people here, I've read on posters, oh, why are we not considered first world when our economy is doing so well. Well, there's a factor called beauty. Things have to look good around us. People have to register that something looks good. A doll could be highly functional, but ask a little girl who is 
ooing and aahing about her doll and her hair and her face and her eyes and her lips and her nose and her skin and her hands. Beauty is so important when it comes to showing that one is in good fortune. Because internally a person may know that they're in good fortune and that's fine because that's an internal recognition. But externally, if a country wants to be recognized as doing really, really well, they have to pay attention to what they're projecting externally. Because people first take in information through their senses, their external senses. And they take it in and then they process it. So if a country is showing itself to be doing bad, externally, it's always at war. Or it is having government issues, instability, or the busy fighting causes, or imposing penalties around the world, or doing this or doing that, then externally, whatever people are watching becomes the label for that country. And then they're wondering, why am I being pushed aside? Or why am I being looked down upon because externally the show of being in good fortune is not being projected the truth or reality of being in good fortune is not being projected and we have the goddess of good fortune in india and uh, she's a goddess i'm not talking of india itself i'm talking of this goddess particular goddess and i'm sure people have their own representations of goddess of good fortune and goddess of good fortune is shown as being extremely beautiful decked in gold and fantastic materials clothing her skin is great her features are great her hair is great her clothing is great her surroundings are great you can literally see gold falling everywhere you can see everything in a beautiful state and condition so good fortune includes beauty and projecting the beauty as being what we call symbols of good fortune. So we can all affirm that we are very fortunate, we are good fortunate, and we represent beauty. We represent abundance. And so for the person who does catering, or a person who does food supplies in five-star hotels or seven-star hotels, it's not just the quality of food itself. So they have to make sure the quality of food is great. The presentation has to be beautiful. Because where good fortune resides, beauty resides. And the presentation, presentation has to be great it has to be beautiful it has to be pleasing to the eyes it has to be fantastic it has to be on another level altogether and so then people get confused oh my country is doing really well but you're still not recognized as being first of all yeah you need to present yourself more beautifully other than doing well economically and as you present the beauty and as people recognize a person, a business, for instance, 
when they walk into a business, if there is very nice furnishing and presentation of the business, and people immediately get this feeling, oh, if they take such good care of themselves, they would take good care of me. But then you have hotels who present the place where the customer walks in. It's so beautiful. The reception is so great. Everything's so great. You look at the back offices of the people who work there. You think we can't peek? Immediately there's a difference between the presentation for the customer, the guest, and what is happening in the back offices several notches lower in presentation. That's not abundance. A true beautiful hotel should be beautiful for everybody, the guests and the people who work there. And there should be beauty flowing inside and outside, inside and outside. So there is good fortune pervading every corner of that place. No, but suddenly the inside offices are all sterile. The glamour shown outside is not within. So what are you saying? The goddess of good fortune should only be in the outside and not inside? Well, that's where the people who provide services rest or do their work in. So someone who is a good fortuner basically exudes the good fortune. And you become a bringer of good fortune to other people. I always say subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the show. Subscribe to something that you believe in. Subscribe to how you want to be. Subscribe to how you want your business to be. For example, there are many people here who would be running businesses or wanting to be running businesses. Take a few tips from the Good Fortune show. Bring in this good fortune energy into your business. Connect to the show. Connect to my page on the show. Connect to the book Joyful Manifestation. Connect to the source of all well-being. And bring it in to your place of business and work and your family and your home. And let it invade the spaces so that it fills up everything with its beautiful flowing energy. We are at the end of the show. We will be meeting again next week, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for the Joyful Manifestation Show. And we will continue with more methods to manifest beautiful and amazing things in your life. But until then, uh, this is Sugandhi Arya signing off for the Good Fortune Show and wishing you a fantastic rest of the day.